Hello team and welcome back to the High Impact Podcast. Now before I dive straight in, I'm going to tell you right now, if you are not driving, stop what you are doing, head over to the show notes just below this episode and inside the description there is an invite to a free masterclass called Be A Tease, bit of a cheeky name there. So in this free masterclass, I am going to be teaching you exactly what I do to prime, tease and hype my audience so that when I open my doors for my offers, they are hot and ready to buy. I'm not fucking around in this masterclass, okay? So I make sure that when I do a masterclass, when I give it out a freebie, it's super valuable. No fluff, no BS. If you are interested, go down into the show notes now, sign up, and I cannot wait to see you there. And let's dive in with the episode. Alrighty, so, sorry, I felt like that was really loud then. (laughs) Apologies to headphone listeners. Okay, so today's episode, as I always like to say before my episodes, is a goodie. It really is though. I was very, very tired today. If you've not been following me much on Instagram lately, but if you're not, why aren't you? But if you're not, I have had a month full of health problems. Okay. I'm on the sort of like the last little bit of having shingles, which is not very pleasant. In fact, it was really quite uncomfortable and at one point quite painful. Do not recommend. So I've just had shingles. And before that, I was sick for about a well, not a week, but, you know, I was sick. And then I was sort of like feeling a bit off at the beginning of the month. I have not been on my health A game, unfortunately. Not quite sure what's happened. It's just been one of those months. But I was so tired today and I was like, will I even have the energy to record a podcast episode? But I actually really love recording podcast episodes and I had an idea for one. And as soon as I came up with that idea and all the ideas started flowing right out of me, I knew I had to sit down and record it. And now that I'm doing it, I feel so much more energized. Isn't that funny how that happens? Could also be that the caffeine Uh, pumping through my veins is taking action right now. So it could be that as well. So in today's episode, I am going to be talking to you about how to make sure that no money is left on the table for your next launch. When you are launching, it takes a lot more than just selling, selling, promoting, showing up on your Instagram, showing up on your Facebook, wherever it is that you sell and promoting the hell out of it basically and hoping that you'll land sales as a result of it a lot goes into a launch and I don't just mean you have to do a huge production for every launch you do because that is absolutely not true I've had launches that have been really successful and I've sold plenty of spots in them and I've only opened doors for five days and I only had a warm-up period of like a week so you can have really short launches that can be really lucrative and very successful but When it comes to launching, it is a lot more than just showing up and selling. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes and there's a lot that you can do to ensure that you don't leave any money on the table. By that, I mean that you're making sure that all of your efforts, because launching is work, like let's not beat around the bush here. There is a lot of effort and time that goes into a launch. You want to make sure it's a success, right? And you want to do everything in your power to ensure that you're making your offer sound like the cat's pajamas. 
I have not, I don't think I've ever said that saying in my life and it's coming out now on the podcast. So that was weird. You just want to make sure that you're doing everything you can to make sure that you're not leaving any gaps and that you can make your next launch the most successful and lucrative ever. And we all want that, right? So let's go. The first point that I'm going to say is that you want to make sure that your content appeals to the four different buyer types in your audience. Everyone in your audience buys differently. And there are four main types of buyers, self-actualized buyers, analytical buyers, relationship buyers, and goal-oriented buyers. And I'm going to quickly run through them. So the self-actualized buyer, they know their problem. They know what they want. They know what they're looking for. They just need to find the right person for that. So what does that tell you? They need someone who is showing up as an authority, right? An analytical buyer. An analytical buyer are the people that are very logical. They want to make sure that whatever they're putting in, they're going to get back as we all do, right? But they are even more numbers oriented. So they want to know what the return on investment is going to be. They want to know the features of your offer. They really want to know what is in it for them. They buy more logically than emotionally. The relationship buyer is someone that, I mean, it's, it's exactly what it sounds like on the can. They need to have a relationship with the person that is buying that, sorry, that is selling in order for them to want to buy. So these are the people that like to be in regular communication. You will find that relationship buyers very rarely, if ever, will buy something from someone they've never spoken to before, unless that person is a very well-known person in the industry. So the relationship buyers need that personal rapport. They need that contact with their, you know, with their coach or service provider before they actually make a buying decision. And the goal oriented buyer is someone that they know exactly what they want in terms of their goals. Exactly. Again, like it says on the can, they know exactly what they want to achieve and they just want to know what program is going to help them get there. So for this type of buyer, you need to make sure that you are highlighting the fact that, Hey, this is the problem that you've got. And this is the solution. And you need to make sure that this is why it's so important to diversify the types of content that you post, because you want to be appealing to these different types of people. You don't want to be selling to someone that's relationship focused and you're selling them feature led content. That's not going to work, but you still need to be creating feature led content to appeal to the analytical buyer. So I invite you now, if you're listening to this, and if you are hearing this, you are listening to this. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, my content could be my more diversified. So for example, if you are finding that a lot of your content right now is educational, which don't get me wrong, we love value. We love education. We love teaching people things. But if you're finding that at the moment, a lot of it is like how to set up your Facebook ads or what does a social media manager do or whatever it is, try and think outside the box a bit more and look at your content and think, okay, is this going to appeal to someone that buys logically? Is this going to appeal to someone who needs a relationship to be built beforehand? And you're obviously not going to be able to do all of this in one piece of content. That's why it's important to diversify the types of content. So make sure you're talking in an authoritative way to appeal to that self-actualized buyer and the goal-oriented buyer. Make sure that you're connecting regularly with ideal clients to make sure that you're building relationships with them for the relationship type buyer. And make sure that you're talking about your features and the benefits of those features, return on investment, social proof for the analytical buyer. This is super, super important and it cannot be underestimated. 
And if you're only doing one type of content or only experimenting with maybe a few different types of content and leaving a lot out, then you are leaving money on the table because you're not going to convert those other types of buyers. So have a look at your content and inside the Be A Tease Masterclass, I'm going into way more depth about this. Okay. So if this is something you want to learn more about, as I said before, at the beginning of the episode, go and check out the show notes below and sign up to the free masterclass because I'm going to go in because this is just me sort of scratching the surface right now. All right. The second way to not leave any money on the table for your next launch is to send targeted emails. It might sound basic, but so many people, especially earlier on entrepreneurs and PS, when I first launched, I used emails and they were super effective. My very first ever launch. And I think I maybe had like 700 followers. Like I didn't have a thousand followers yet. That was for sure. And I sold five high ticket spots. This just goes to show you that followers, yes, can help. And of course, they're important in bringing new people into our funnel. We need followers, of course, right? However, just because you've got a high following doesn't mean you're going to convert them all. And just because you've got a low following doesn't mean you can't launch or have a sale. So I really do want you to be aware of that. Anyway, I digress. Emails. I see so many people, so many entrepreneurs launch and they're not utilizing their emails properly. I am all over the emails when I launch, usually. Anyway, I have had launches where I don't use as many. And then I have had launches, especially higher ticketed ones, where I definitely, you know, I utilize emails a lot. And they are very, very effective in warming up and nurturing. And one amazing thing you can do with email marketing is send targeted emails. So you can send, you can basically segment your audience. So if you've released a freebie, which I often do before a launch, I usually have like a bit of a two pronged freebie if it's a bigger launch. So for example, with Confident Launch Collective, the program I'm launching at the moment, I did a a free launch roadmap, which was like a PDF, super valuable. And I, uh, you know, I released that a while ago to collect some more emails and to make sure, you know, okay, these people are interested in launching. Good, good, good. And then the second prong of that freebie is my masterclass. And that is again, where I deliver lots of value and I make sure that I send targeted emails to both the people that you know, join the masterclass for one, definitely, because they are warmer than the people that don't. And you can also send targeted emails to people that download your freebies. So if you're finding, oh, masterclass signups aren't as high as I wanted to, or you just simply want to target the people that downloaded your other freebie, then send a targeted email, segment your audience. And you'll be very surprised at the results you see when you do this. Emails, emails, emails. You want to be so visible and emails are a fantastic way of doing that. So if you are not on your email marketing or you feel like, oh, I could be a little bit better with this, I really recommend spending time and learning how to do it and just starting. I think this is the thing. So many people overthink their freebies. So many people overthink their emails. They're essentially long form Instagram captions. If you can write a long form Instagram caption, you can write an email. So just start. It doesn't matter how small your email list is to start. We've all got to start somewhere. Just give it a go. And oh, honestly, I can't speak highly enough of it. I convert mainly via Instagram stories and conversations that I have, but I know looking at my open rates and my click-through rates, the emails are very effective as well. And I know for a fact that I have sold high ticket coaching 
from a freebie that has an email sequence attached to it. So highly recommend. Number three is to incentivize people to take action. And I often employ very fancy word that I'm using there. It's like I'm doing a a year nine English essay. Sometimes I slip back into that kind of way of speaking, which is really weird. I usually employ a tiered discount system and some service providers and coaches, when they hear the word discount, they're like, Oh, do I have to discount stuff? No, you don't have to discount anything you don't want to, but there is a reason why discounts are effective. It's because they incentivize people to take action, especially when your discounts are only available for a limited time. So for example, fast action bonuses, right? You need to ensure that in order to get someone off the fence, you give them a reason to get off the fence. If someone signs up to a waitlist and gets their waitlist discount, and then that waitlist bonus is available until the very last day of the launch, I mean, that they're going to diddle daddle or diddle daddle dilly dally around until the very last day. And that just adds stress for you. You want people to make a buying decision and by giving discounts in a tiered organized structure, and I'm going to explain a little bit more what I mean about the tiered discount system. Cause I think I skimmed over that a little bit, but by using fast action discounts, fast action bonuses, where they've got an expiry date after like three days, for example, it allows people to actually make a buying decision, whether that's a yes or a no and get off the fence. Okay. So back to the tiered discount system, what I tend to do with my launches, especially bigger ones is I will have a few types of discounts. So if I'm doing a wait list, I incentivize people to join the wait list by giving those people a discount and the people that join the wait list will have the highest discount over anybody else that joins the program. So they will get a wait list discount, a few hundred pounds off the program, for example. And then after a few days of them joining the wait list and me launching to the wait list, that discount will expire. So that's the first tier. Then another tier of your discount system might be that on a masterclass, you will give the people inside the masterclass a discount, which is exactly what I'm doing for BATs. So if you are interested in Confident Launch Collective, you will get a discount if you come along to the masterclass. Just on a little side note, little plug there. So the second discount would be the masterclass discount. It might not be as high as the waitlist discount, but they'll still get a decent discount. Maybe you'll throw in a bonus or two there as well. Again, that needs to expire. Otherwise people will sit on the fence and I see a lot of people and it's, it's, it, you lose the integrity of your, your discounts when you don't actually make the discount expire, but you say you will. So I've seen a lot of people saying 24 more hours until you get this hundred dollars till the hundred dollars comes off. And then I see that same discount going for like four or five more days When you do this, you're telling your audience, hey, I don't actually mean what I say when it comes to this discount. So I'm going to say this and do some false urgency, but actually the discount's going to stay there. So you lose integrity there a little bit. And also your audience start taking less seriously because they're like, oh, well, there's no real reason to jump on the, you know, jump off the fence and make a buying decision because they know because you've primed them that this discount is not going to expire. You're just saying it is. So do not do this. It just removes the whole necessity of having urgency there anyway. So you may as well just not do a discount anyway. 
Okay, so the tier discount system is very effective. You can also do it with like early bird pricing, have early bird pricing expire for a few days. Maybe if you're doing a shorter launch or a lower ticket launch, they work really, really well. So adding those bonuses, those discounts and having the expiration date on them gets people to make a buying decision and gets people through the doors. And yeah, which is what we all want, of course. Number four. Now, this is something that, a lot of people don't do. I myself did not do it for a very long time. And it's a big old mistake reaching out to past clients and offering them an incentive to jump inside your offer. You are more likely to be able to sell to past clients than you will with anyone else. And the reason for that is because they've built a relationship with you. They know what it's like to work with you. Hopefully they had, they had an amazing experience and they would like to continue working with you again. They're already warmed up. You've already done all that work previously. So you are actually more likely to convert a past client than you are to convert a client that you've never worked with before. So reaching out to those people, making sure you've maintained relationships with them as well. And I think sometimes selling can feel a bit sterile if you're not actually forming and maintaining good relationships with your past clients. You want to just do that anyway, because like we're human beings and it's just nice to be nice, isn't it? And it's also nice to reach out to people that maybe know you and they've kept, they've kept that relationship going. So I do recommend that as well. Obviously not always the case. I've definitely reached out to people that have bought a lower ticket offer from me. And I've been like, Hey, just letting you know, I'm offering a 300 pound discount of XYZ program to past clients. Just letting you know, let me know if you're interested and I can drop you some more information. So doing things like that, make sure that you don't leave any money on the table And it's a fantastic way of doing that. So reaching out to past clients, offering them an incentive to join a program. Now, I feel like um, I'm preempting a question that I won't be able to receive because obviously this is a podcast episode and it's pre-recorded. But people often ask about discounting their one-to-one and discounting their intensives. So things like that. I personally have recently chosen not to do that. I used to, I used to sell to past clients and say, Hey, if you join my long-term coaching after say like high impact sales school, you get a discount on it, but I don't do that anymore. Um, it just doesn't feel right to do that anymore for me. I don't want to do it anymore, but you absolutely can do that. So that is completely up to you. If you're happy to do that, great. If not, don't do it. Simple. And last point is to hype tease and prime and breadcrumb your audience. Okay. And yes, these are actually all different things. (laughs) They all sound very similar. They all sound like much of a muchness, but actually you're going to do different things depending on which stage of your launch you are at. So breadcrumbing tends to happen earlier on. Teasing again happens earlier on. We are always priming our audience. So we are always either priming them for a sale. We're always priming them that we are someone that people buy from. We're priming them that something is coming still. So that's part of teasing and hyping happens closer to you opening your doors. You start giving more information away. When you do these things, you build up problem awareness, you build up product awareness and solution awareness. And so by that, I mean problem awareness, people are aware of their problems, but they're not aware of the solution. 
So you're starting to make the solution obvious to them. The solution being your program. Product awareness, exactly what it sounds like. They are aware of the product, but you need to build that authority to make sure that they know, hey, this is the program for them. And you want to make sure that they actually know what the hell the the product is as well. So these people tend to know what it is, but there's going to be people in your audience that don't. And you want to make sure that every single person in your audience, as much as you can control, obviously knows that you are launching something, knows that you are selling something. You want people that have no intention of even buying it because it's not even right for them to know that this is the name of your program and you're launching it at the moment. That's when you know that you're talking about it enough. Because when you think you've talked about it too much, you probably haven't. (laughs) You cannot talk about your offers. Like I, I cannot emphasize this enough. The more you talk about your offers, the better. And what was I going to say? So product, problem, and solution awareness. Okay, so they're aware of the solution. They know what they need, but they are unsure of the product. So these people need to be made aware that you've got the solution to their problems and it is your program. So when you do all this hyping, priming, teasing, breadcrumbing, you are highlighting to them. You are the solution to their problems. Your program is the solution to their problems and they need it and show them what it's going to do for them. And this is what I'm going to be teaching you guys in how to be a tease or to be a tease rather to be a tease, the free masterclass. I'm going in depth in depth. I do not like fluff. I don't like BS. I love value and I love to bring out my little inner teacher from way back when, and I am going to bring her out and we are going to be talking all about how to actually hype the hell out of your offer and tease the hell out of your offer so that when doors open for your program, your audience are actually ready for your offer. They want your offer and they're going to buy your offer, which is what we all want when we launch. It is not rocket science. It is just strategy and there's strategies that are very simple and that you can implement, but you might not necessarily be aware of just by watching someone's content, what's actually involved. Just kind of like how you might not be aware that, you know, different content appeals to different buyer types. You might see things, but not understand the strategy behind it. And we're going to go into that as well inside the free masterclass. So I'm going to leave the show in the show notes below. The link is going to be there for to be uh, (laughs) getting the name wrong. Ah, Beatty's masterclass. So if you are wanting to make sure that you know how to breadcrumb, tease and hype your offers in a way that builds anticipation, if you're ready to change up the way that you tease and hype for high, mid and low ticket offers, because there are different ways to do it. And if you want to know how to create warm up content that appeals to the four different buyer types, then you're going to want to come to this. Yeah, as I said before, link in the show notes below, sign up, cannot wait to see you there. It's all happening on the 14th of March at 6 p.m. Australian Western Standard Time, which is 10 a.m. GMT. There will also be a replay available if you can't make it live, but if you can make it live, there is also going to be a free surprise, free bonus for the people that make it live and If you sign up to the masterclass, you are also going to get a juicy discount off Confident Launch Collective because that is launching very, very soon. So excited. And thank you so much for listening as always. If you did enjoy this episode and found it helpful, it means so much to me. If you gave it a five-star rating and review, it helps other people find the podcast. And I'm going to leave it there, but I will see you guys all at the masterclass. Cannot wait. 
And the next time I speak to you guys, I'm going to be a big old 30 year old because I turned 30 on Monday. Oh my God. So that's crazy. All right. I will talk to you all very soon and bye.